calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own and some of you reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Geek Buddy. <laughs> hey! Well, we're back together again this week to talk about all kinds of geeky things going on in the world of entertainment. We got trailers, we got costumes, behind the scenes shots, we got some Transformers news, we got some uh, uh, Rachel Zegler news, uh, being the new super, uh, being uh, uh, sorry, being uh, uh, cast in a new project. All kinds of things happening, so we're going to talk about it all here on The Geek Buddies. I am one of your hosts. I am the outlaw, John Roca, joined as always by these two gentlemen, Mikey. I am Michael Hogel, writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. Shannon. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Goldbergs, and Silicon Valley. You all so many things. And he's going out there auditioning more. Michael's working on so many projects. I'm working on my channel. We're busy, ladies and gentlemen. Busy. We're never too busy to hang out here and talk about this geekiness. Mikey, what do you got? The pandemic is over. Remember? <laughs> Remember? I mean, it was like a year ago where we were just kind of sitting around and we were getting on here. I'm like, I'm really glad I get to see you guys once a week. Things are <laughs> things are slow. I'm kind of I, I I miss I miss people and things. And now I'm kind of like, it was nice not having to do anything. Yeah, right. It was nice to get on the road. And there wasn't traffic. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> but for those of you who are new here to the Geek Buddies, you're taking a chance on us. Thank you so much. We appreciate it badly. For those of you listening to us on the podcast feed, thank you very much. If you don't know, we do have a podcast feed for the Geek Buddies. It's its own podcast feed. So you can find it. Just type in the Geek Buddies wherever you download podcasts and subscribe to it. Uh, the way we work the show is each of us uh, brings up a Geek News item. We talk about it amongst ourselves, take a little bit of a mini break for our sponsors on the podcast feed and then jump into our main topic and how can it not be transformers beast wars son we're going to talk about that as our main topic but first shannon i think you got the the first uh, section here what do you got yeah second trailers second trailers second <laughs> trailers so we hit three trailers this week they're all the second trailers of the projects let's just jump in because it's a lot to talk about we just yesterday we got the second trailer for james gunn's 
The Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. The sort of reboot, the sort of sequel, uh, bringing in a new cast, bringing in Idris Elba. I mean, this trailer, like, I was obviously, I was already on board just from the DC uh, fandom event, the just sort of the announcement, finding out who was playing who, the first trailer, and now this one, we're really getting a lot more into Idris Elba's Bloodsport. Mm -hmm. This was just action, action, action-packed. You get some great John Cena humor. Like, I know when he sort of came onto the scene, there was like, ah, is this, this going to be another wrestler-turned-actor? Is this going to go well? People saw him in blockers, like, oh, man, this guy's funny. And right. now we get to see some really good comedy from his Peacemaker character, which I imagine will be, uh, that's the type of comedy that they're going to be using in his HBO Max series as well. We get to mm -hmm. see a little bit more of the villain Starro in this. Uh, the trailer just top to bottom was just a blast. And it's coming out in August, so it is going to be here before you know it. But gentlemen, I go to you. What did we think of that second look, third look of the Suicide Squad? Mikey? I mean, I don't think I've actually been this excited about a DC movie in a long, long time. I, <laughs> I truly cannot wait to see this movie. Every yeah. single bit of it feels super James Gunny in all the best ways. Yeah. Uh, it, it looks like Margot Robbie finally has... A, no offense to people who love Birds of Prey. I think Birds of Prey was a lot of fun. I don't think it was a great movie. Mm. Uh, I do feel like Margot Robbie finally, finally has a movie that is befitting the quality that she brings to the character of Harley Quinn. Okay. Yeah. I, I I, uh, uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. no, no. Go, go ahead, brother. Finish your thoughts. Sorry about that. Uh, no, I just think it was great. I think you can also really tell, we've talked about this with the other trailers. It's very clear that there is one Suicide Squad team at the beginning of this movie, <laughs> and then another Suicide Squad team has to come in and help that Suicide Squad team. Like, when you just look at who's split up with who, you're like, okay, you're starting to get a shape of what this movie is, and yeah. it's a great shape. It looks like a lot of fun. All the blood sports stuff with Idris Elba uh, mm. and Viola Davis as Amanda Waller at the beginning. Like, I love that in a movie that is so fucking ridiculous you have these two actors who, just in this little bit of a scene that you get at the very beginning, are bringing their like dramatic A game. Like the, you feel the stakes to it. You feel like, oh, okay, this is like this is not just silly, uh, goofy butthole jokes. Although there's butthole <laughs> jokes. There so uh, yeah, I honestly, I mean, to me, I, I, my prediction is that this movie is going to come out. People are going to lose their minds. It's going to be a ton of fun, and that in the post. Bring back the Snyderverse. Where is DC going? Yada, yada, yada. I think James Gunn's movie and James Gunn's tone are going to sort of shape the direction for where DC will probably head, given what I expect the reaction to this movie is going to be. Yeah, I mean, DC heads may not like hearing this, but it seems very clear, Mike, what you're saying is correct, is that they're going to go more into the... <laughs> <laughs> funny combo. Oh, coffee's coming back up, guys. <laughs> more of a combo of the DC, more, so more of a combo of the Marvel, combo of, of humor and action mixed in. They're going to go that route. You know, some people didn't like the Joss Whedon route, which is completely valid in some of the forced humor that was had. Mm -hmm. This is going to be more organic, and maybe James Gunn is kind of showing them a path they can walk. I like this trailer. We get a little more of the story. We know that's a Starfish project. Uh, we get, you know, John Cena being very funny here as starfish is another word for butthole. Like you get those little jokes throughout. So, you know, James, James Gunn's not going to pull any punches. There's going to be cuss words all over this thing, as you saw the Red Band trailer from two months ago. But we get more with Polka Dot Man. So, yes, Mike, you may say that it feels like a new team. Uh, one team dies out, the new team comes in. But I don't know yet who's going to live and who's going to die because we get that like that oh. shot, that hero shot of Idris Elba, Joan Kinnaman, and John Cena walking together. So it feels like those three might survive to the end. Polka Dot Man gets a few more stuff. King Shark gets some more stuff. I don't know who's going to live or die. Uh, Capaldi uh, still getting minimal amount of screen time. But overall, I, mean, I think you've got a better idea of what this movie is going to be I, uh, from this trailer. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I want you to look on that plane. When they're all flying into that trailer. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to tell you that you can probably say adios to 75% of the people that are on that plane. I will <laughs> tell you right now. Is this an X-Force situation where we're all just going to die diving out of the plane? Is that what you think? Is Weasel going to die? Weasel? I hope not because, God, that Weasel line. That we Rick Flagg's <laughs> Weasel joke might have been my favorite. He's like, oh, he's not dangerous. I mean, he killed 27 kids. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. And the great thing about this trailer is, and, and I do think, like, obviously the first Suicide Squad, uh, first Suicide Squad movie, 
many issues. Um, one was yeah. that they didn't let Jai Courtney really be funny. Yes. And all you have to do is listen to him be like, it's a dog. What kind of dog do you think it is, mate? <laughs> I mean, all you have to do is listen to that line. And they're like, oh, this guy could bring some laughs. And yeah. no disrespect to Will Smith whatsoever, because I certainly uh, uh, love him as a performer. But you right. see sort of the mirror between, between uh, uh, Waller recruiting him and Waller recruiting Idris Elba. And I'm like, I'm more interested in the Idris Elba story, yeah. like, without a doubt. Uh, yeah. But- but the similarities are there, aren't they, uh, Shannon and Mike? Like the uh, Will Smith had to worry about his daughter in the first Suicide Squad. Now we've got a black lead worrying about his daughter in this The Me. Suicide Squad. Uh, but Storm Reid is a great choice to play his daughter. What a fantastic yeah. actress as well. Uh, so, the, the, similarities, yeah. the similarities are so apparent that it <laughs> seems almost as if they took a script and just did replace name. Um, I mean, I'm no, I know there's more to it than that. And uh, I'm actually really excited to see Idris yeah. Elba's uh, take on Bloodsport. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But but yeah, right. you are sort of like, yeah, you, you did just replace Deadshot. But I feel better about this. I mean, I just feel better about every choice that I've seen in this trailer so far. And kind of, Johnny, to your point. Yeah. You know, and I've, and I've said this when we talk about the Snyder stuff. Like, I think that the... Snyder's take on the DC universe versus others take like it sort of always gets uh whittled down to do you like a dark universe or a fun universe right, and i think right. that that is very uh it we it's not a binary choice like that like mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. i think James Gunn does really nicely in the Guardians movies and i think what Marvel is at their best uh you can have really funny moments that are right up against really serious moments and i yeah. think in some of the better parts of the uh, Snyder cut of Justice League, there was some yeah. lighter moments that didn't feel forced the way that the Joss ones did. So yeah. I, I, I'm excited to see someone kind of take these characters and uh, and just have more fun with them and not be as worried about what other people think, which is kind of what this trailer feels like to me. Yeah, it feels like Suicide Squad was of a different time. They wanted to make it more serious. David Ayer is certainly a more serious filmmaker. doesn't mean he doesn't have humor in this. Certainly there are, there are moments of levity, shall we say, in Fury, in End of Watch, in certain places. But there's an overall sense of dread. And Suicide Squad was made when they had a different approach to DC that was a little darker, a little harder edged and whatever. This feels like they've under, they understand what the Suicide Squad is supposed to be, so they're going that route. And uh, yeah, that 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 works for me on on a number of levels. And yeah, I'm excited to see what we're, what we're going to get when we get that final trailer to see what that's all about. Yeah. I mean, that shift that you're talking about, John, that started taking place during the marketing. So you can look yeah. at the first trailer point. First for Suicide Squad that we saw at Comic-Con to what they ended up with. It was like, oh, okay, this is now this is now a boat without a rudder. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's but true. The, Suic- uh, the Suicide Squad is coming out August 6th in theaters Woo. and on HBO Max. On to our next trailer, Yep. I'll be curious to hear what you guys think of this. This is the second trailer for G.I. Joe Origins Snake Eyes. So we got the teaser for this not that long ago. I mean, the yeah. movie comes out July 23rd to get the first glimpse just, what, say two, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It's kind of last-minute marketing. The, the That first teaser was sort of, it could have been Henry Golding, the movie. Right. Uh, we, you know, we only really got an idea that it was Snake Eyes uh, from the last shot where he grabbed the helmet. This mm-hmm. new trailer, we do get a bigger look at this story. We get more of Andrew Koji's Storm Shadow. We yeah. get the uh, you know get the introduction of what how Cobra is going to factor into this. Now, from reading online, it yeah. seems like a lot of fans are not jazzed about this trailer. I'm not huge into GI Joe lore, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to Snake Eyes and his time. What is it with the Arashikagi? Is that mm-hmm. is that how you say it? Yeah. Um, so looking at looking at the trailer, like. I see no issues with this. I mean, I don't necessarily think it's going to knock it out of the park. It might, or it might not be great. Um, But gentlemen, as people, as two individuals who know more about G.O. Joe than I do, (laughs) what did you think? Uh, Mikey, go ahead, brother. What'd you think? Uh, you can show off your shirt. I saw you going to show off your shirt there. Show off, show it off. You got it. You got a little Cobra going on there. Uh, You know, the issue. So here, here's what, here's what I think. Uh, On the plus side, Mm -hmm. I I will go see this movie because Henry Golding and Andrew Koji are in it. Like yeah. in an era where we talk about representation and uh, putting putting center, centering people of color and not just a white story and centering different people in the leads. Uh, I think Henry Golding and Andrew Koji are such amazing actors and yeah. I love watching them so much that even 
despite the fact that I have uh, a a troubled past with the GI Joe movies, I will go see this because of the two of them. Like, and I think what's yeah. good about this next this second trailer is just those little moments where the two of them are acting together, not fighting. Like, just seeing right. them on screen together and the dynamic between Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow, I find that I'm like, all right, you know what? I'll go check this out. Um, On the G.I. Joe front, look, G.I. Joe, and I love G.I. Joe. I mean, I grew up watching Transformers and G.I. Joe. I worked on Transformers and G.I. Joe uh, at Hasbro. I will always have a fondness for their world. But G.I. Joe has a lot of challenges in the way that it got developed and a lot of the story needs to change so it doesn't bother me the sort of the origins of snake eyes and storm shadow and how snake eyes comes into the arashikage clan like that the fact that they have kind of rethought all of that and created a new version of that that doesn't bother me at all if it's Mm -hmm. a good version now my problem with hasbro movies in general is me questioning whether or not they made a good version and that that Mm -hmm. is still tbd i mean Based on the second trailer, like you said, Shannon, okay, you get how Snake Eyes kind of comes into Storm Shadow's world. You get how he's brought into everything. We know from G.I. Joe history that Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes are going to be arch enemies. You see Baroness kind of pop in here. You see bits of Scarlet. So you get that somehow the Arashikage clan gets involved with Cobra and this covert thing. And I'm assuming that, you know, Henry Golding Snake Eyes will just have to make a choice. Like, where do you stand at one point? And that's probably what the shape of this movie is. And if they execute that well great they've got a new lease on gi joe and they've got people reinterested in it but uh i am i am i am dubiously intrigued if not excited to see this movie well i appreciate my learned colleague uh colleague sentiments here um i would say it just has to excite people when they see it good or not is almost irrelevant i think at this point it's a matter of will people enjoy it that's what matters here and uh, you look at the fat we're about to go into fast nine that's a two and a half hour movie i've seen it and i'm telling you they're gonna people gonna tear this thing apart but it's damn enjoyable is the plot thin more thin than if you drip paper water of of water onto a paper towel absolutely but it's impressive it's fun to watch and just from this trailer i loved this trailer more than the last trailer i'll tell you that right now and i think michael makes a great point the, the fact that you get to see them interact, get to see their relationship, get to see the origins of their relationship, and then what will happen going forward. Love the way they introduce Cobra, the visual of the logo spinning around. All yeah. of that's cool. We get a little more with Baroness. Hardly anything with Samara weaving. She not, barely speaks. So I'm interested to see why they're keeping her under wraps a little bit. Maybe there's more to see here. Or she's not as big of a part of the movie as we think. Uh, but overall, the visuals are fantastic. I mean, all that yellow in that sequence when he's walking through that room. The way the, the, the motorcycle has that red light going around on both engines. Like, it is cool looking as hell. The fight sequences look fun. I just like the way this looks from the trailer in terms of direction. So that already puts me in the plus column. And if I just enjoy myself, then I'm going to be fine walking out of the theater. I'm not looking for a dense, complex storyline with nuance. And I'm not. Just let me have some fucking fun. Let me enjoy what's going on with these guys and, and ladies. And then let's see where we go from here. Anything I will, of retribution and that first Rise of Cobra is a win in my book. I'll tell you that right now. I will, I will say this only because I know that we are about to jump into a Transformers conversation uh, in a few minutes. This is where Johnny and I, in general, I agree. If a movie is entertaining and you have a great time, great. I think that where Hasbro has struggled in the past is that they under they underestimate the power of their own brand. And yeah. you have people saying, look, G.I. Joe, just have a good time if there's good action. Or with Transformers, hey, it looked cool. The robots were neat. And I do think that that can get you a billion dollar movie. Look at the yeah. Fast franchise. Like, I mean, you can just have a movie that is just super eye candy and it can be great and that's wonderful. Right. I think as someone who has really... Uh, had some deep dives into these brands, I think there's a lot more there. And if you play your cards right and aim for making more than just it was enjoyable, you can have a thing, maybe not like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but you can have Mm -hmm. something. Yeah, I I think you're not wrong. Again, of course, in the ultimate world, I think we do agree, Michael. Love to have a great plot, fantastic characters, and an, an awesome action sequences that get you excited for a sequel, you know? But I think they just want to do better than those last two movies. For sure. This, <laughs> this looks like it has the real potential to be better than the last two movies. It that's doesn't a, have to be a home a, run. A, 
That's a low. Right. It's a low yeah. bar. It's, it's a, a low bar. It's a low bar. But you can jump it. But you can jump it. <laughs> is this way? Is this right? Is this right? Tell me if I'm right. It doesn't have to be a home run. You just have to bunt the ball. Nope. 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 God damn it. it. I would I say mean, you'd yeah, have to hit a, a double or a triple. I think would be good at this point. A single. A Yes, no, a single is what basically Retribution and uh, uh, Rise of Cobra was, which is it doesn't really lead to a score, but you got on base. You know? I will disagree. I will call them both a foul ball. <laughs> That's fair, too. I, I won't disagree with that. So for our audience, if you go to see Snake Eyes on July 23rd, maybe you love it, maybe you don't love it. But if you yeah. need just something different, when you come home also on July 3rd, the first episode of season two of Ted Lasso will be dropping yeah. on Apple Plus. So the they just released the second trailer for it. And, you know, it, it surprised me that the first glimpse of season two of Ted Lasso, I was like, oh, so it's it seems nice. Um, but then and, and this is after having loved that first season. Yeah. This second trailer, you get more of the Ted Lasso of what you got in the first season. You just mm. got this. You just got this uh, joy. Um, you you got to see uh, you get to see Ted Lasso and Higgins and Rebecca. You see a much softer Rebecca who seems very intent on on trying to motivate her players. Yeah. I mean, everything about this second look got me so excited for season two of Ted Lasso. But gentlemen, back to you. What did you think? You know, that, that first season was uh, was some of the best television I've ever seen. And I don't mean in terms of quality, right? I mean in terms of the tightrope that they had to walk to make that thing work, and people loved it. You're talking about soccer, which is still not 100% that popular in the United States. You're talking about Jason Sudeikis, who, yeah, had a name and certainly coming out of SNL. He's a guy you know. And then you have a character who is so could be insufferably positive that it becomes fake or a caricature. And somehow they were able to make it all work. And you said it in Europe. And, and somehow it totally, completely worked. And I loved the fact that people came around on this months later after I did. And I love that they love how much they were, they're all over it as critics now. But like uh, this second trailer, or the second season trailer, and it's is the first official trailer because we had that teaser trailer a few weeks ago. This gives you, as you said, Shannon, a better idea of what we're going to get. And that lead Tasso moment, that moment is, if that works, that's going to be a great moment. And if that becomes a like a, a running gag throughout this, the season, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what's there. Uh, I love that we're getting more with, with, uh, with uh, uh, Juno Temple, Higgins, all of the Diamond Dogs, all of it. And then are they going, and we got crisis of confidence for these strikers, for Danny Rojas and Sam. Are they going to be able to carry this team back into the uh, into the Premier League from where they're at right now? A lot of uh, questions about it. And just a real quick plug, I did a trailer reaction for this trailer on my channel, so it's up there if you want to watch that as well. What did you think, Mike? I love. You know what I thought? Actually, this is an odd, odd <laughs> thought that I had watching it. Uh, <laughs> for every time we talk about can you make a positive Superman movie or do you have to have a dark Superman movie? And like, what, what is the Superman that we need for our time? I was watching yeah. this Ted Lasso trailer and I was like, this is, this is how you do it. You, you are right. Like Ted Lasso should be an insufferably annoying character and he works right. so well. Uh, and he's just so optimistic and so positive and the show just makes you feel so great. Uh, for me, the trailer was the, there's three moments in the trailer that I was like, well, I, I mean, I was already in, I was already excited, but um, when he talked about the Dukes of Hazard and said, yeah. over here, oh, I guess over here you call them the Earls of Risk. <laughs> I was terrible. like, it's terrible. It's terrible. That is, that is a, that is a A plus plus joke. Like that is a, oh, over here, I guess are the Earls of Risk. And then the, yes, the, the alter ego led Tasso moment where he loses oh his shit and then kind of blacks out and he's like, how long was I out? And then <laughs> the best moment, like, and again, like as a writer, every once in a while, someone says something and you're like, God damn, that was smart. And when he mm. says, I believe in communism, rom communism, <laughs> rom communism. <laughs> if, if Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks can go through some rough stuff and come out on top at the end, then so can we. And I was like, well, I believe in rom communism too. This is great. I'm in. So, you know, it, it to, I think all of us, and I think we said this with the first trailer, like we were excited, but Ted Lasso worked so well and it had such a nice little arc to it. It's almost like, well, can you, can you continue that? Like, can you do that for another 10 episodes? And right. based on this trailer, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful that they are. And I'm, 
it's one of those things that I can't wait to just sit down. Like it, it's like a warm blanket of a TV show. Like I can't <laughs> wait to watch it. Agreed. Agreed. And I have to point out my favorite visual when Jeremy Swift's uh, Higgins decides he wants to be a part of the conversation and physically tries to climb in through yeah. a window where there is a door literally next door. <laughs> and Jason Sudeik is like, oh, 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 so we're doing this. We're doing this. We're doing this. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So it's good. It, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle the Hannah Waddingham character because you're right. They, they are making her softer, nicer, whatever. But what does that lead to? Because Anthony well, Head's uh, a prick of a character is still around. So are they going to bring him back to mess? up her joy we shall see you know, got I mean, in, in typical i know like joss whedon is you know not top of our lists these days but in the typical like buffy sort of rollout of how you do it it's like you have a villain which she kind of was in season one you sort of redeem that villain and that villain can still sort of walk a tightrope but then you bring in a bigger villain you bring in a bigger yeah. bat you bring in a bigger challenge and i think although we didn't see a lot of her in this trailer in that first trailer you had the uh the sports psychologist come in yes. who looked like she was not having any of Ted Lasso's shit. And so right, I think right. like, you know, like with her, she's, her, Rebecca's character is now gonna cut, hope, I, I would assume, kind of go on, we're gonna learn more about her. She's gonna try and continue to, with Ted's help, right. explore other parts of her life that we don't know as much about yet. And we'll get some other obstacles and antagonists for Ted to deal with. Yeah, yeah. And we'll see what happens with uh, Roy Kent, with Brett Goldstein. We'll see. A and if Jeremy Tart, yeah, curious like, and if Jeremy Tart's coming back, we'll see how what what he might play, what role he might play. So very very interesting stuff. But there is shot of Wembley, and then walking out of Wembley, you only go out of Wembley at the final or the semifinal of the FA Cup. So do they make it to the semifinal of the FA Cup or the final? That's going to be curious to see for sure. Well, uh, July twenty third, around the corner. Hey, Apple TV, give me my damn screeners already. All right, uh, let's move on to our next thing here. Some. Uh, uh, wait, <laughs> let me see if I've got this right here. Uh, set photos, set photos, set photos. A lot of stuff is starting to pop off here. We've got some set photos that have dropped. Uh, David S. Sandberg, David F. Sandberg dropped, uh, these pictures of, uh, the, uh, suits for Shazam 2. Let's put them up on the screen. Now we dropped them early because he was afraid these were going to leak ahead of time. So he dropped them early. Mike and Shannon, these have Man of Steel vibes all over them. You tell me what is happening here, boys. Go ahead, go ahead. Go for it, Mike. Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead, Mike. I just can't. There are some handsome looking men uh, in that photo. That's that is, I have a That's hard fair. time. There's like, there's like just multiple levels of handsome. What's your type of handsome? We have all the handsome here for you. Like, it is, it is some good looking men's. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I look, I think the suits look great. And I think the Shazam family was probably the best part of the first Shazam movie. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, th I think like that was like that great moment where they all came together. And despite, and I think Shazam is a very nice movie. Like I think it's a yeah. solid movie all the way through. It was, it was, it's, it's really nice. I think Zach Levi is perfectly cast. <clears throat> I think the Mark Strong here, I think, I think there's some weaknesses to the movie, but I think the family coming together and being the heroes was definitely not one of them. It was one of the highlights. So seeing them all in these costumes, seeing the costumes kind of like uh, tweaked and updated and made a little bit stronger. Like I think this was a really smart move on their part to sort of remind you of what you liked the most about the last movie and yeah. give you the promise that that is going to be a major part of this one. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think, Shannon? I mean, I think the costumes just across the board, um, th they look fantastic. Like, they look really, really good. And as Vogel said, the moment where the Marvel family showed up at the end, that was something, at least for me, um, I had no idea that was coming. I figured if there was, if, if that was going to happen, that would have happened in the sequel. But yeah. kudos to uh, Sandberg for, for, like, listen, we don't know if we're going to get a sequel. Let's throw everything in there that we can. Right. Um, but uh, it's interesting because you you notice that uh, uh, what is that Michelle Borth, who played the superhero version of Mary, yeah. is not going to be in the sequel. Grace Fulton, who played Mary Bromfeld, she's going to be playing both sides of the hero this time. Which uh, you know, I mean, as as, a, as an actor, you know, maybe she wasn't available. Maybe that was just the the, the you know the direction they chose to go in. As an yeah. actor, I feel bad for uh you know the actor who lost who, who lost that role but at the same time i'm super excited for uh grace fulton to get to finally play that superhero but god they just they just look they look awesome and yeah. you know the idea that you know we're gonna get possibly a uh more compelling villain this time out mark strong 
his his history of superhero uh, uh, properties. He he just is done dirty. Like he is <laughs> such a phenomenal performer, and he keeps yeah. getting these roles <laughs> that just are not are not worthy of his talent, in my opinion. But yeah. coming in with uh you know with the new with the new villains with Helen Mirren with Rachel Zegler with Lucy Liu, yeah. um, it, it sounds like the the Shazam sequel. Like we're gonna get some. Hopefully, we're gonna get something very special. Well, speaking of Helen Mirren, here's Helen Mirren on the set there uh, with her as uh, uh, with her a character there from uh, Shazam: Fury of the Gods. What do you guys think about the shots of Hes- of hers Hespera in this uh, in this uh, design here itself? What do you guys think? Looks um, like, it looks like Aquaman and Lady Loki had a baby. <laughs> just Damn on it. just on first appearance, I would say Shazam: Helen Mirren is greater than Fast and Furious: Helen Mirren. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. she looks great. I like it. I think it's cool. But um, the, I hope that's not. I hope that's a shot from the actual movie. Them sitting down to have some pinks or whatever it looks like they're having there in that second shot. Are they having some hot dogs or whatever or some some that that looks funny as hell if that's from the actual movies. <laughs> Seeing two gods sit down to have some mortal food. I'm all about it. So uh, I, I'm down. I couldn't find a Rachel Zegler thing. You guys were saying there's a Rachel Zegler photo. If you guys can find it, I'll put it up. If you send it to me in the private chat, I'll put it up before we're done with this and we'll circle back on it. But uh, uh, speaking of uh, speaking of uh, set photos, Michael Keaton, there he is, ladies and gentlemen. He is coming back as Batman. Look at that car, son. Now that's how you do it in style. This is uh, Michael Keaton on the set of the Flash movie, the movie everybody thought was never going to happen. It is happening. But look at Michael Keaton. Look at his car. Michael, I go to you first. What's your feeling on that shot? You know, again, smartest move they ever made. Like, for all of – and, John, you've spoken about this a lot. A lot of the, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the issues surrounding Ezra Miller and – Ezra Miller in real life kind of being a little all over the place, yeah. to say the least. To say the least. And, uh, and, you know, whether this movie was ever going to happen, different directors attached, different tones attached, like what is it even going to be? Is right. Ezra Miller even going to be the Flash in this new world of what we're doing? And the second that it was announced that Michael Keaton was going to be Batman, this movie went from... Uh, is it going to happen? I don't really care to holy mm-hmm. shit. I can't wait. Are they going to actually do this? Right. And so actually seeing Keaton be Batman, you know, and you just, it's something about the hair, the look. It's like seeing this guy from our childhood, kind mm-hmm. of the OG movie Batman for us, uh, stepping back into this role and at the right age to kind of play an older Bruce Wayne a la yeah. Batman beyond, like the excitement level is just through the roof. I mean, I, I, and we've talked about this a lot. Flashpoint is an, is a massive turning point for the DC universe. If yep. if they do this right, they make up at least five years of ground that they've mm. lost to Marvel already. Like they okay. like Marvel is so far ahead of them at this point in just the world that they've created and the Disney Plus shows and the ecosystem and what's happening in Loki and how it's going to like they've they've really done it. But if they do Flashpoint right. And if they stick this landing with Michael Keaton coming back into the mix yeah. decades later, uh, they will get the excitement that they so clearly crave and get fans back on board with their universe. So a lot yeah. riding on it, but so far, super exciting. Shannon? Uh, yeah. I mean, one, the shot of that car, that yeah. reminds me Ooh. of the Batmobile from Batman the Animated Series. That just, you know, that oh, really that really long hood, but I don't know if the internet has ever seen a a response and this excited of a response to a 69 year old man wearing a toupee. Um, (laughs) How dare you? But I I mean, I say this, I say this with all due respect and love. I mean, that shot of him, it's like, Oh my God. It's like no time has passed since 1992. Like that, that is the guy that we saw fighting Catwoman and fighting Joe. I mean, that's, that right there, that is Bruce Wayne. As much as I loved Christian Bale's, uh, that trilogy, I really thought, I mean, I still don't think Affleck was the right guy, but I think Affleck did an amazing job. Yeah. That right there, I was like, oh, shit, that's Bruce Wayne. Right, right. Wow. And I, yeah, say, I, mean, I emailed you that shot, John. You did? Okay, well, let's, yeah. uh, okay, cool. Well, let's uh, let's go to it now. Let me just share it. That way we everybody can watch along with us. Here, real quick. I can't, uh, obviously, I can't. Uh, uh, here it is. Okay, cool. Here we go. There it is. There are the shots of her, uh, uh, these uh, shots of her there on set uh, with the gold costume 
that Rachel is wearing. A shout out to the dude in the Hawaiian shirt. Respect for you to wear that. Man. <laughs> um, we lost. And, we last saw him in Jurassic World running away from some pterodactyls <laughs> trying to save his margaritas. <laughs> so we're seeing her getting a little bit of direction here or acting out a scene here. So if these are the shots, uh, what do you guys think of this uh, of this uh, uh, shots of her in this costume? Uh, gentlemen, what are your f- thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, it looks like it matches up with Helen Mirren's perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it looks like, well, to what we were saying about kind of the whole Shazam family, uh, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, it looks like they're going to have some good competition. I mean, you know, you've got all of the, you got the whole family of heroes, so you're going to have a family of villains and it's, uh, and it's, it's all, seems like all girl power at the moment and it's kind of interesting. So I, I like that. I'm curious to see how they loop in the Greek mythology, how they kind of build this. Like I, it, to me, if they build a really interesting backstory to all of this and why it's all, why, why these characters, why now what's going on, it could be really interesting. So I'm into yeah. it. Yeah. Well, we've got another uh, set photo as well. Uh, this uh, dropped here uh, for the Supergirl uh, set. Take a look at this costume here uh, for her very interesting uh, look, wouldn't you say, gentlemen, uh, for what they're doing uh, with uh, Supergirl, Sasha Kaye. Uh, and I mean, certainly she's been working out. Uh, those abs look strong. It's an interesting cut. It's the shorter cut. It feels very similar a little bit to Power Girl's cut, like the, when she got the bobs as well. So uh, are they combining these two? What's your, what's your feeling when you look at this one, Mike? You're our DC guy. What do you think about that? I, I think it looks great. I mean, yep. you know, like I, I I don't know a ton about how they're handling this character mm. uh, and how it relates to Superman to everything else to, to other versions like of Supergirl. Like, I mean, I'm a, I've, I'm assuming that this is all like multiversal crazy stuff, which you know, all all we're going to talk about between Marvel and DC for the next year is uh, <laughs> is that. But but I love it. I mean, I think it's really interesting. It's a different yeah. choice. Uh, it doesn't feel like they're treading down the same path that they've treaded in the past or that they're taking the Supergirl from the CW series and just kind of casting someone else and saying, well, this is the movie version. So, you know, again, I will say that as much as I dog on DC and anyone who watches the show knows that as far as the DC movies go, I definitely have some strong opinions. Mm. Everything that they're doing right now from the James Gunn Suicide Squad to Michael Keaton to uh, to the Latina Supergirl, like, I'm into all of this. Yeah. Like, I like everything that's happening. So yeah. it gives me um, cautious hope that, like I said, that in the next couple of years, uh, we might we might see a DC universe that gets everybody, everybody across the board. Snyder fans, non-Snyder fans, we can all hold hands and say, at this point, this is where we've gotten to, and we're all really excited. Yeah. What do you think, Shane? I, I think she looks awesome. And in yeah. the IMDb, I mean, it says she's playing Supergirl. It doesn't say she's playing Kara Danvers. Like, isn't there right. like an Earth 2? They're, they're like Lori Lane Kent. I mean, I, oh, I, yeah. I, yeah. Okay. I, saw, I saw a side-by-side, okay. and that's her. I mean, okay. that yeah. is one. It's the same kind. It's the dark hair. It's the cut that comes to her around her chin. I mean, even even the layout of the uniform. Like, yeah. that's that's... That's that that iteration of that character. Um, I think she looks awesome, and I know there there was some kind of chatter online that like the suit looks weird, and it's like, well, she got a harness on, right? I mean, she's, right. She's she's flying. I mean, there, there will be there will be some uh, digital manipulation that comes in afterwards to right. to kind of smooth out any awkwardness that that harness produces. And look, so it, she looks great. Yeah, and look, she's not doing it for you fanboys. Like she is doing it. For herself and for some, uh, and for the ladies in the fan in the fandom, like she looks strong, she looks tight, she looks got the haircut, everything about it looks like a powerful stance, and I like it. It looks cool. So people got issues with it. I don't know. I don't see the issues with it. I like that it's yeah. different. I like it's unique. It stands out from the Shazam costumes. It's its own thing in this Flash. You and we don't know, Mike. As you said Flashpoint. We don't know what dimension or universe she's from. So it's like that's going to be explored as well. So. The costumes are different in that universe, and that's okay. It's supposed to be distinctly different, and I like the look of this. It's sleek. It's tight. I dig it, man. Well, and also, you know, look, if – and again, it seems like they're going in this way, and I think we talked about yeah. this a while ago. 
DC DC's challenge that they had is that they had certain characters in their universe that either because of contracts, actors not being interested, movies not moving forward, they didn't want to continue with. Yeah, but then they yeah. had other characters like Momoa's Aquaman, uh, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman that they were like very interested in keeping. Yeah. And yeah. so it's not like they were in a weird position where they're like, we don't want to reboot our universe. But we also don't want to like recast half of our Justice League, right? right. And using if this if this is what they are doing, Woof. using Flashpoint to open up the universe and keep what you liked, but replace what you didn't with a new cast of characters. That's really really smart. Yeah, if they can pull it off, it's a, it's if a tight they can wire pull it situation. Off. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, you know they haven't shown they've a hundred percent been able to just yet. Right. We'll see. Uh, what have you got, Mike? The rep speaking of Rachel Zegler. What do you got, man? Well, speaking of Rachel, Rachel Zegler, she is having quite a, quite a year or so. Mm. Uh, so, in addition to Rachel Zegler playing one of the villains in Shazam, uh, you will see her uh, soon uh, in December as Maria in Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. So if you've seen the trailer for West Side Story, which we are all very, very excited about, uh, she's got the big role. She is Maria. Uh, And before that even came out in theaters, uh, based on her performance in there, based on some early screenings that people have seen, and just based on where she's at as her career, Disney decided that she uh, had the right pipes, the right look, the right vibe to be their live-action Snow White in their Mm -hmm. live-action remake of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Um, so look, Disney live action remakes, it's a mixed bag. Uh, everybody gets really excited. A lot of them feel like cash grabs. A lot of them don't feel as good as the originals, but then every once in a while you get a live action jungle book or you get a Cruella, which you're like, oh, that actually really, really did work. Um, they all make a ton of money. And so taking Snow White and the Seven Doors, it's the big one. There've been a lot of other versions of Snow White that other studios have done. Uh, Snow White and the Huntsman, all the, uh, and Mirror Mirror, like all different kinds of things. But this is Disney taking their Snow White uh, and casting Rachel Zegler, Latina actress, to be the uh, to be the big uh, the number one princess. Yeah. So that's really interesting. The other piece of this that I'm personally excited about that gives me hope is that uh, Pesek and Paul, uh, the songwriting duo who worked on La La Land, Dear Evan Hansen, Greatest Showman. Uh, also did some of the new songs in the live-action Aladdin, mm. are going to be doing the new songs for Snow White. And uh, the Deadline article even said that one of the reasons that Disney got very excited about this new version of Snow White is they were really excited with what Pasek and Paul were producing. So yeah. you got Pasek and Paul doing the new songs. We've got all the classic songs. It's the Snow White and the Seven Doors Disney movie that we all grew up with, but live-action with Rachel Zegler, Latina actress, playing Snow White. Gentlemen, is this going to be on the upper end of the Disney live-action movies? Or down near the Lion King bottom. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, the li- nobody knew the Lion King was at the bottom until they actually saw it. Fair. So the the based off the pedigree of the talent that they have involved, like I've I've have never seen Rachel Zegler do anything. Mm. The fact that her first three movie roles are are Maria in West Side Story, one of the villains in a superhero movie, and now the lead of Snow White. One has to presume she's pretty good. Yeah. And based off of Pesek and Paul's involvement, yeah, I mean, this seems like this on paper, this seems like it should work magically. Mm-hmm. Um, my per- personal relationship with the Disney live action remakes is I can take them or leave them, mostly leave them. But the most recent one I saw, which was Cruella, was Dynamite. Yeah. So I'm going in with a, uh, I'm, I'm going in with open eyes. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And, and to be even more fair, you can claim it's at the bottom, but it made $1.6 billion. So that's a bottom. Know, Disney know, has no problem having. And a lot of people <laughs> of the younger generation really liked that Lion King and didn't see the animated I version know, and I might know. not circle back to it. So, you know, <laughs> this is business and they're smart to go this route. I think they picked an excellent uh, uh, actress to play this part. And I'm, I think, Shannon, your point is well taken. The fact that all these people already are in have a lot of faith in her to do these roles and her tweeting this was great too apparently this is her at disneyland this was a while ago (laughs) and how incredible that she is now playing snow white how insane is that so a lot of positive a lot of positive uh, vibes going forward from her 
taking on these roles, understanding the uh, the, the uh, responsibilities she has, and bringing her best foot forward. And yes, how can I not cheer for this? She's a, a Latina of Colombian descent, her mom being Colombian. So to me, that makes me even more like Sasha Kaye. Let's make it happen. We've been hey, we've been here for a while. So it's nice to be giving the, uh, us a little bit of a shot at these roles to see what we can do with them. And I'm glad that they're that they're, they're getting these opportunities. And I'm looking forward to see. It. And I think the snow, I think the Snow White is going to be excellent. You know, people like that Cinderella. People loved that Kenneth I love Cinderella. See. When I, if you, if I were to do my rankings of live-action Disney movies, which we can do another day, but that Cinderella yep. one is actually close to the top, if not the top. I think it's yep. great. That's one yep. of my favorite uh, live-action remakes. For all the flack they take, Jungle Book was excellent. A, a lot of people like Pete's Dragon, even though nobody went to see it. A lot of people were surprised by Aladdin. So it's really maybe just the Lion King and Mulan that have been the issues. Everything else, it feels well, like, did well. Yeah, in the days. Oh, Beauty well, and the Beast. there are defenders for Beauty well, and the Beast. Well, well, look, here's the thing. Disney being Disney, and you're right, as a business, this is a win for Disney. I don't think right. any of them have done horribly. Uh, as far as uh, the critical reception from both critics and hardcore Disney fans, there is yeah. a wider range. Oh, uh, sure. Don't forget, of course. Don't forget Dumbo. Oh, God, yeah. I Never mean, mind. All right, we'd all like Dumbo. to, but... Yeah, right. All right, so... Well, they're four and three. All right, it's not a bad record. It's not great, but it's not a bad record. But yeah, fair point. So we'll see what happens uh, when the, that comes out. Snow White and uh, a West Side Story coming out uh, in what in December? Christmas. I think yeah. Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So God, I'm hoping I get my hands on that a little bit earlier just to see if it's going to be good or not. All right, uh, let's take a quick break. We'll jump into our main topic and get into some Transformers talk. Oh my! Wah wah wah. Wah, 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 wah. What, what is that? oh wah, wah, wah. wow wah, 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 wah. that would be the teacher from charlie brown humming <laughs> <along> to transformers <laughs> i think it somewhat works i guess uh all right well i mean the, the news came out here at a virtual event uh i think yesterday that uh transformers uh will take on the Beast Wars storyline from the 1990s in the new film Transformers Rise of the Beasts, which is produced by Lorenzo, Lorenzo Di Bonaventura and directed by Stephen Capel Jr. For those who know Creed 2, Stephen Capel Jr. directed that film. Uh, and they revealed so much about it, just a little bit, but they revealed that it was going to be a small film, but still connect up to the Michael Bay style. They said it's a more intimate film, but it'll have a spectacle story in the tradition of the Bay films. Uh, it'll incorporate two new human characters, Elena, who is being played by Dominique Fishback, an artifact researcher who keeps having credit for her work taken by her boss, oh boy, and Noah, Anthony Ramos. Remember that non-star from In the Heights? Anthony Ramos is in this, an ex-military electronics expert who lives with his family in Brooklyn. They are shooting this in Peru and actually getting a chance to shoot this at the Incan Ruins of Machu Picchu. Do not ruin anything. I know our productions are around sets. Don't ruin anything. Uh, but yeah, we'll get to Optimus Prime coming back with Peter Cullen doing the voice as well. So, uh, Michael, you know the animated series of Beast Wars. Talk to me. I do too, and I'm sure Shannon has an idea of it or watched it. Uh, what is your uh, response to this announcement and to this virtual event? Well, to be fair, I don't know Beast Wars as well as Transformers okay. G1. It kind of came okay. out. Now, I've, I've since gone back and watched a lot of it and working on Transformers. I had a lot of meetings where we talked about all the different mm -hmm. generations and the popular characters and, and, and everything else. But Beast Wars was definitely like the generation right behind me's Transformers. Like my, yeah. I grew up in that G1. I saw the Transformers animated movie in theaters. I saw uh, I saw Hot Rod become Rodimus Prime. Like that was really my sweet spot. And then mm -hmm. the generation just behind me, they didn't really watch that Transformers. But Beast Wars was the thing that really captured the, their anim uh, their their animation imagination. Like the mm -hmm. the uh, the Maximals versus the Predacons, uh, Optimus Primal versus Megatron. Uh, same name. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's really interesting. I think it's smart. I think the yeah. main thing that I'm super happy about with the announcement is that Michael Bay's name isn't anywhere on it. So well, I think to me, it. they did mention it. They, well, but see, no, they mentioned what they mentioned was, and it's smart, what most people, my esteemed colleague, John Roca included, <laughs> uh, 
when they talk about the Transformers movies and the success yeah. of the Bay movies, you talk about the spectacle, you talk about how cool the robots look, you talk about the epicness of the action. And right. for people that don't love the Bay movies, you talk about the fact that they are bloated sacks of action with no emotion and no real story that doesn't really do anything to tie to the Transformers mythology that we all love and the robots are just kind of big props and they don't really know what they're doing and you can't tell them apart. So what they said in the announcement is it's going to have that spectacle of the Bay movies, but a smaller, more character-based story. So they kind of are trying to cover all bases, which is smart. I think it's I think it's a great move. I think, you know, if when you're seven movies in to your franchise, you are either gonna reboot the entire thing, which seems yep. it seems like they're not super keen on doing, or you continue the story with a new generation of characters that tie to a very beloved show that a bunch of people love and try and build the franchise back up from where it ha- where it was and mm-hmm. kind of get to those heights. And I think that there is enough excitement around Beast Wars and those characters. Uh, that I think it's a smart move. One thing that's interesting is that um, the, and this is a small tweak, and I think this makes sense. I don't think this is a mistake on their part, but based Mm -hmm. on the announcement, Beast Wars, I believe I'm correct here from what I remember, Beast Wars takes place, uh, they are the descendants from the Autobots and Decepticons. It's like generations Mm -hmm. later. Um, And the announcement says that these characters are sort of prehistoric, and kind of yeah. through time, space, travel, whatever, end up wherever they end up, but are like older characters. So there's right. definitely going to be some changes and tweaks to what the mythology from the show is, which, like I said with the Snake Eyes trailer, I don't have an issue with as long as it's done well. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see. I'm excited to hear more. But yeah, who doesn't want, uh, and I think the Lorenzo de Bonaventura said this in the announcement, who doesn't want Peter Cullen's Optimus Prime and Optimus Primal having philosophical discussions about leadership <laughs> and heroism in a movie. I want a, and that Optimus Prime is going to be more in his classic G1 look, which I like. Right, right. You, yeah, you, you're talking about the Maximals. That'll be the descendants of the Autobots and the Predacons, which are the descendants of the De- Decepticons. Yep. You do get Optimus Primal, but the uh, the villains kept the Megatron name, so they didn't even need to be fancy with it. They're like, Megatron worked 300 years ago. Megatron works now. So, Shannon, they're saying they're going to have new characters, new villains, blah, blah, blah. But if they're based on the old characters, based on the old villains, are we going to still be walking the same paths here as we walk into this uh, a film? Does this worry you at all in any way, shape, or form? As they say, they're going to do the spectacle of Bay, but keep it a more intimate film. I don't know how you do an intimate film with prehistoric stuff or, or, or prehistoric vibe, even though it's 300 years in the future. Well, I think when they say new characters, and this is what I extrapolated from the interview, yeah. uh, new characters to the screen. So I think they're okay. still going to be using some of those classic Beast Wars characters. Yeah. Now, Beast Wars came out in the mid-90s. So like, I had kind yeah. of exited my uh, te- television animation phase at that point and was more focused on uh, high school. Um, but it seems like, because I know they had said the same thing about Bumblebee, that this is going to be a smaller film, it's a more intimate film. Right. It's still a Transformers movie. Yeah. I mean, there's still right. there's still giant giant robot fights, and I, I like I don't think they addressed this, but it seems like if this one is going to, I think they said this one was going to take place in the '90s. Um, mm. I wonder is this a is this a loose continuation of the Bumblebee storyline? Right, where you're going to have maybe since that one that one took place in the '80s. Yeah. This one's uh, kind of naturally progressing forward. Yeah. Um, look, I mean, I, I will. I loved the first Bay Transformers movie. I thought yeah. that was I thought that was so much fun. And the next two through five were just sort of the law of diminishing returns for me. I mean, there may have been a blip in the third one, but for the most part, like I I had a really I never even saw the fifth one. Like I had a really hard time getting through Ooh. getting through four. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Bumblebee, I thought was a delight. I was like, oh, this is this is great. And just that opening on Cybertron, it's like, oh my God, why don't you, why don't you oh do my this? Gosh, do that for two hours. <laughs> Hell yes. Like that was amazing. Yeah. So I'll certainly go into this well, um, uh, completely open. Like I'm not going to, to, you know, put a big red X over it just because it's another Transformers movie. Cause as we, fe- because as we've seen um, the one without Michael Bay, 
was actually pretty good. I mean, it was the closest one to the first one for me. Yep. So I'll certainly go into this yeah. um, with, with open eyes. And it made well, the least money. Let's put that out there, too. It did. Well, but that time, we were, but there was also a little bit, and it came out after five, right? Yeah, well, it came out, yes, of course, it came out after five. So there was five. a little bit of Transformers but this was good, but it point. was billed as not Michael Bay's Transformers, Travis Knight, blah blah blah. But and most it, audiences oh. don't don't connect that. They just see more big robots. Okay. All right. You say I something. do think good, I mean good. look, I think that if it is sort of a continuation of Bumblebee and tries to yeah. fill those gaps in between Bumblebee and the first Transformers movies, looking at that opening shot, like you've got you've got RC, you've got, you know, I mean you've mm. got like up there like and again, unlike the Bay movies, in a five minute shot, you can actually point to a transformer and know exactly who that transformer is if you know your G1 history, which is actually really exciting. Um, on the whole Optimus Primal thing, I mean, I don't so think that, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that um, these characters are going to be like descendants of characters. I'll be interested to see with the villain if they stick with the Megatron name, like Optimus Primal, you know, Optimus Prime's name before he became Optimus Prime, yeah. was Orion Pax. I mean, he was like, a, he was a mm. clerk. He was a different guy. It wasn't right. until he became the Autobot leader that he became Optimus Prime in the same way that Hot Rod became Rodimus Prime. So right. having yeah, another yeah. character from the past who at one point was Optimus Primal, who is a similar character to Optimus Prime, but not really like a I'm you or I'm a descendant or I've taken your name. I think right. that they can do some interesting things there. So I think there's a lot of things. And to the point about the Bumblebee movie suffering from maybe some Transformers fatigue, mm -hmm. uh, whereas this one might not, like there's a, there's a huge group of people that grew up. Like I was saying, Beast Wars was their jam. Yeah. yeah. So I do think if they promote it in the right way, uh, this is the this is probably a smart move to sort of maybe try and get that new lease on life on your Transformers franchise. Yeah. Um, yeah, I see what, it. yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I, yeah, I see it. I, I listened. I listened to the cinephiles on Transformers. 4K! Uh, uh, anyway, um, the, the other part of this, which is really curious, because it's kind of mirroring what happened with Beast Wars and the original Transformers series, it was kind of dying, the original Transformers series, and Beast Wars reinvigorated the series saved it got people back on board they had new characters new things to explore it lasted for three years i think it won a daytime emmy yeah. so there, were, there was a lot about that series that saved the original transformers g1 animated series when it had kind of worn out its welcome well seems like a, a history is repeating itself people feel like the michael bay movies wore out their welcome even though it made four and a half billion dollars and they went the double route didn't 100 get their money wise as they were hoping so now here comes beast wars to hopefully revive the franchise on the on the film side of things and get people's interest back into it so i think that's i think that's a, a fantastic thing and once again we get two people of color leading this film yeah. i'm I'm looking forward to the day we don't even mention that anymore. And it's great to see Anthony Rommels and Dominique Fishback from Judas and the Black Messiah stepping in and doing her thing. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And she said, this is a woman who has her own story, her own agency. She is not there to serve the dude in the movie. So there's going to be some fun things well, to explore here overall. So I'm looking forward to it. Then it already sounds different from a Michael Bay movie, and I can't wait. <laughs> I hate you so much. I hate you so much. <laughs> Megan Fox was her own woman, son. She was her own woman. Uh, for better or worse, she was her own woman. I'm just going to put it out there. And I want, like, wasn't Beast Wars the first CG, CG yes. Transformer series? Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and then even, um, you know, in when we did Transformers Prime, um, yeah. you know, Black Arachnia is uh, is a character from Beast Wars that we sort of re repurposed uh, in in um, in Transformers Prime. And then the third season of Transformers Prime, we sort of took yeah. the name Predacon and did like went down a different route with it and did the rise of the Predacons and sort of these ancient dragon like creatures. But uh, yeah, so even in Transformers Prime, kind of to Johnny's point, we, we kind of did some classic G1 stuff, but then brought in some elements yeah. of Beast Wars as well. Um, so it's, it's definitely a huge part of the Transformers mythology. And if they can do a good job of sort of mixing and blending it with where they're at, uh, you know, it, it would be great if, and this is more the Star Wars uh, route at seemingly yeah. of things, if, if they can actually make a space in the 90s for this kind of story and it works, mm -hmm. it would be lovely to then sort of jump over the Bay movies 
timeline yeah. wise yeah. and get to 2021, 2024, whatever it is. And then have like free clear road to sort of retell new transformer stories and say, okay, yeah, the base stuff happened, but here's the new road that we're going on and it would be great. So there's are a path saying, for them. Are, are you saying the Bay years were the college years? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. A little wild, little out there exploring, you know, some things, but now kind of level back, figured it out and what moving on with life. Is that what you're saying? Oh no. I would say it was more like, you you like went down like a really bad road, got really into like some bad substance abuse, hit rock you know bottom. What? You know what? <laughs> went to went to rehab for a while and then came out stronger and like you were ready to like rejoin the world again. I'd say it's more like that. That's, right. that's probably right, right, right. You were on the bad road. You got to this shady part of town near the coast. It's called the Michael Bay. And then once oh, you boo. <laughs> boo! No. No. Yeah, yeah. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. Terrible. Well, I'm sorry, Stanley Tucci, Anthony Hopkins, Francis McDormand, and John Torturo, John Voight wasted their times. Academy Award-winning well, actors. Sorry, well, no, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. They didn't I'm waste sorry. their time. They showed up on set for a day and a half and got a giant check, and they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're good. That's Go how you do it. More than meets the eye. Ha ha. <laughs> Oh, that's a nice check. That's a nice check. <laughs> We're gonna have a transformer piss on your head. That's an Whoa, extra thirty. Is that 000. dollars or euros? <laughs> Woo! I'm in. <laughs> that pounds? Maybe it pounds. My my artistic my artistic integrity is gonna transform into a summer house. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. All right. So uh, we'll see. Uh, this is uh, in production, as we said, currently. So it's going to be exciting to see what ends up becoming or when it starts to, to when we get the first glimpse of this. Uh, I imagine we're, I mean, we're turning, we're, I know we're past the, well, we're about to come to the Comic-Con time. It's not going to be Comic-Con. This, do you find that weird, Mike and Shannon? Because like, I know we got to wrap up here, but like, it feels like everybody's back to normal. But would you go to a Comic-Con right now if you could? I mean, I went to Disneyland on Saturday, yeah. so I yeah. clearly have... Both of you did, yeah. Yeah, it was really great. It was like, me and all my best friends at Disneyland. Oh, my God. It was just it was just such the best day. The best people. The yep, best people. It was. It was, it was the best people. It's no, funny. but like, would you go to a Comic-Con? I mean, you know what? I probably I probably wouldn't have an issue with it. I mean, it's funny the, how you mentioned that because as we're getting ready to wrap up, I'm like, gosh, it's it's in the morning and I could actually use a beer because I feel like we're at Comic Con right now. This conversation, <laughs> I was like, oh, this seems this seems like, like morning beer time. Whoa, morning beer. Shannon's on a one way road to the Michael Bay. Hello. <laughs> Enjoy it. You're gonna make a lot of money. Enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, all right. No, well, I, I do think. But I, no, I, I, I no, I do think. Uh, I think. I think what's interesting, and I said this. This is. It's interesting to watch everybody coming out of the pandemic because I do think there's a lot of different levels of comfort. So if you're listening yeah. to this and you are like, I would go to Comic Con tomorrow, or if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm still uncomfortable going to the grocery store. Like, yeah. I think that we're in a space where we need to make space for everybody and like respect the fact that. We just went through one of the craziest years we're ever going to go through in our lives. And yeah. everyone's going to come out of that with a different level of comfort. So I think it makes sense that it's not happening because I think that when you think of the number of people that would descend upon the gas lamp district, there would be some people that would handle it fine. And there would be yeah. other people that would have a lot of anxiety around it. So yeah. as much as I'm bummed about it. It's the same with Burning Man. Like, I mean, usually my summer is built around July is the Comic-Con trip with you boys. And then yeah. I come back from that and I instantly start getting ready for Burning Man. And neither of those things are happening, even though it feels like we're back to normal. Yeah. So I've kind of just accepted that this summer is like a a uh, a, a stepladder to next summer. And that mm -hmm. summer, oh. nothing else happens. Uh, we will yeah. really be back. Oh at comic-con going to burning man like it'll be all good yeah it sounds good comic-con 2022 is going to be amazing it's going to be yeah. lit that's for sure uh, and hopefully we go as the geek buddies too. get a little press credentials if, if we've been established ourselves by that point that would be a lot of fun so we shall see We're gonna show I'm up in the geek mobile <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, my God, a Geekmobile would be awesome. Uh, all right, thank you all so much for joining us uh, here for this episode of The Geek Buddies. Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies, on Instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung, on Instagram, Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MKToon. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at The Roca Says. Mikey? Uh, if you are a Duke of Hazard or an Earl of Risk, we're glad that you're here. No matter what side of the pond that you're listening from, welcome all geeks to this space. Uh, and if you would like us to continue doing what we do, here are some things that you can do. Definitely smash that like button below. Subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page where there is all kinds of awesome content, uh, some of it including us, some of it including all the other amazing people that Johnny the Outlaw deals with on a daily basis. <laughs> Definitely leave comments below. Were you a Beast Wars fan? Like, what do you want to see in this movie? Like, if was Beast Wars your jam? What is the ideal way that they should handle this for you? What trailers are you excited about? What do you think of the Flash? What do you think of Suicide Squad? Where do you think DC is going to take all this stuff? Lots of stuff that we want to hear your thoughts on. If you are listening to this on Anchor or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, definitely leave some stars, leave some comments. It helps us go up in the rankings, which is the best way for people to find us there. And as always, the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video, post it on your social media sites, tell people that this is a great place to talk all the geeky stuff each week that you want to know about, and uh, bring more geek buddies to join the geek buddy conversation. There you go. I couldn't say it better myself. Thank you all so much for joining us. And we will talk to you next time on another brand new episode of The Geek Buddies. <gasps> hey! Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.